Hey there, and happy 2022. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here with you on the podcast. I have been focusing on pulling everything together for my brand new program, the Hormone Breakthrough Blueprint, which kicked off this past Monday with a great group of women. So excited to be doing this and amazed at how much I'm learning already in doing this program. I sometimes forget, you know, when I'm out of programs, how much the learning goes both ways in programs. You know, obviously, hopefully I'm sharing and teaching lots of stuff to these ladies that they didn't previously know, but I'm also learning in turn, you know, based on what they're going through, their experiences, and even their questions, um, because I get to dive in a little bit deeper sometimes when, you know, I, I see a question and I'm like, well, huh, I don't actually know the answer to that, so let me learn too. So it's such a cool process. I love it. Um, I'm excited that that is happening, but I am also excited to be back here with you on the podcast. I have been able to you know, do a few podcast interviews in this time. So we've got some really juicy episodes coming out in the next couple of weeks, including today's episode that is crazy powerful. So I just want to go ahead and, you know, let you know in advance what the episode is about, because um, it's just, it's not something maybe that we hear about enough in our society. Um, there's probably some level of controversy around it. Um, and that is dealing with breast cancer naturally, deciding not to go the route of using chemo or radiation. And I just want to say ahead of time, I, you know, in no way I'm guiding or trying to tell you or trying to put out to you that, not doing radiation or not doing chemo is the way to go with breast cancer. You 100% have to make that decision. In many cases, you know, it's it's a necessary component. Um, and I believe every woman or person with breast cancer needs to find their own way around this. You know, I have had someone else previously on the podcast a couple of years ago, Tara um, Coyote, and she you know, talked about going the natural route completely for, I don't know, a year or more, and her body just kept on breaking down, and she ended up finding power within, you know, doing chemo alongside natural therapies. So it is everyone's personal journey, um, plus I've never had breast cancer, so I definitely would never speak to best path for anyone. But I do think it's um, important, and it's also inspirational right to hear from a woman that has worked with her breast cancer just from a natural standpoint and beat it um, and that she did it with a lot of tools that are not necessarily known right so she really used a lot of functional medicine tools a lot of testing that most people are not educated about you know their doctors probably don't even know about um, you really have to sort of go to a functional medicine doctor who knows about these tests, who is running these tests, who is working with women, you know, with breast cancer and and seeing the results. And so um, Katrina, today's guest, dives into her whole story, her whole background. You're going to be amazed beyond just the breast cancer. I mean, like I, you'll hear me. I'm a little floored when I realize that she has seven kids and she's, you know, done 
crazy amounts of training in um, functional health too and teaches and does all of these things. It's pretty amazing. But her story is just powerful and she really goes into all the specifics of what she did because I wanted you to hear that you know and for you to know some of the tests that she did so you can google those you can talk to your oncologist about those if you are dealing with breast cancer um, or you know find out more information so and she also does work you know um, with clients with breast cancer so there is that option if what she's saying interests you for you to contact her and work with her directly. So anyways, I know that you will um, learn something in this episode. I know that, you know, there may be triggers and in lots of directions. So just sort of pre-warning you if you have breast cancer yourself or have, you know, had it in your family. So um, again, this is just showing a possible path and that there are many paths out there and we each have to find our own way all right enough of that um just a couple quick things subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you get notified whenever a new episode comes out would love any reviews that you could leave for us that makes such a big difference on good old apple right on um I can't even think of what it's called right now on iTunes. (laughs) That's the main place that, you know, we want to have reviews because that means more people get to hear the podcast. And a couple things coming up in the next few months. We're going to have some more free webinars monthly here again starting in um, March, definitely, possibly February. So I'll keep you up to date on that. Um, one of the best ways to keep up to date with things too, is to subscribe to my newsletter, which goes out weekly, try to give you some really good info related to hormones and gut health in that newsletter every week. So you can subscribe to that if you go to my website, christinegarvin.com. And I think that's it for now. So, um, you know, always feel free to reach out to me with any questions and hope that your new year has started off in a good way and continues in that direction. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. Glad you're here with us as always. Always so happy to hear from you if you ever want to drop me a message or leave a review for the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about something that unfortunately impacts a lot of women not just in the U.S., but throughout the world these days, and that's breast cancer. And I know that so many women that are are impacted by it and their families are always looking for different ways to both deal with and heal from the cancer. And so I wanted to bring on one of my colleagues 
who has had her own amazing journey through breast cancer and come out on the other side. And her name is Katrina Foe, who is a functional nutritional therapist, Pilates teacher, trainer, and mom of seven. In 2015, she had her own health journey with breast cancer, which drew her into functional nutritional therapy. She trained through the Nutritional Therapy Association, is board certified in holistic nutrition, and is a master restorative wellness practitioner. She has also been an instructor for restorative wellness solution for the last two years, training other practitioners how to read and interpret functional lab tests. She is the creator of the online programs designedforhealth.net and reversinginfertility.com, which helps clients use food as medicine in order to address their root issues and turn their health around. She also works with private clients all over the world using these cutting edge lab tests. Katrina loves a good puzzle, so it is her joy to dig into the complicated cases. Her husband, Larry, and their seven kids all live in Northern Idaho on their small family farm. They're passionate about raising their own organic, nutrient-dense chicken, beef, eggs, and produce. They homeschool the kids and they help out with everything from the garden to the editing of videos. Katrina also owns a Pilates studio called Personalized Pilates in Scottsdale, which she started in 2001. Larry runs the studio from Idaho and Katrina trains Pilates instructors through her online platform, PilatesFreedom.com. Her specialty is pre- and postnatal Pilates, which she teaches at conferences internationally. Katrina believes that God has given us wonderful herbs, food, movement, and nutrients to heal our bodies with. We just need to get the man-made toxins out of the way and support our body's ability to heal itself. You can find out more at her website, reversinginfertility.com. Welcome, Katrina. Hi, Christine. Great to be here. I love, I mean, everything you've done. And I actually didn't realize till this moment that you had seven kids. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you have done all that you've done in terms of training while having seven children is blowing my mind a little bit right now. (laughs) I couldn't have done it without them. They are my huge support network. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. They're helping you edit videos. I like it. They are. They're cooking food and editing videos all together. (laughs) I guess in some ways it's really good to have kids these days, like with all the technology stuff, because they're always like ahead of the game and know what to do. And they're like, mom, this is what you need to be doing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. They pick it up so quick. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Well, let's start off with your breast cancer journey. And you know, what, what was your health like leading up to that too? Absolutely. Yeah. I had already started kind of my health journey before that. Um, when my oldest daughter, uh, was born my first child, mm-hmm. um, let's see, she had, I, I had the hyperemesis gravidarum. So I was, Oh, I lost. That's like the way you throw up the all month. the time during the pregnancy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like cannot keep any food down. So like the first month I lost 30 pounds and Ugh. I had to have, um, to go on the medication, which I totally didn't want to do, yeah. but I was losing too much weight and I had to actually do a suppository because I couldn't even take the oral medicine. Wow. Cause you would just throw it up. Oh, yes. And it was the entire time. Um, and pretty much with all of the children. So I have hard pregnancies. <laughs> I'm impressed um, that you kept on doing it <laughs> when you have that every time. I will say I got some tools in my, my box that, that helped with that, right. but you know, so it wasn't quite as bad anyway. So, so when she was born, you know, I didn't notice anything, but she was about two or I think three. And she was um, saying that her tooth hurt. So I took her into the dentist and they said she needed eight fillings and uh, three baby root canals. 
that was my expression. I'm like, <laughs> like you need to stop feeding her soda pop and junk food. I'm like, oh, you're like, I don't never had those. <laughs> right. And they're just looking at me like I'm a liar. So I got like four other opinions and they were all kind of the same. And I found this awesome laser dentist and we addressed some of it, but I'm like, why is this happening? Yeah. And so I started digging in, asking friends and a friend of mine pointed me to nourishing traditions and um, she was going to start the GAPS diet. And mm-hmm. I was like, this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So we, we started the GAPS diet, full throttle intro diet wow. and did it hardcore. And for a while, instead of family worship nights, we had family enema nights and it was, <laughs> it was crazy. Well, um, even that, even your kid was doing the enema too. Yeah. We did the whole family. And at that time, I think we had three, three kids. Okay. So it, it was, everybody was eating the same food and doing the same things if needed. And, um, but her tooth decay stopped. I mean, she was having tooth abscesses. We were in that dentist office like every month and, um, it all stopped. Wow. Which that was like so profound to me of, wow, we're really doing something here. This is mm-hmm. amazing. And I was shocked at how much power food had. And so that was kind of my ground stone, like, ah, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward, you know, we came off of that diet. We were still eating Weston price style, nutrient dense and everything. And, um, I was, uh, nursing baby number five and I had a mastitis and I don't know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, did my things to get it gone. And then, um, I noticed a huge lump. It was like a golf ball size. Mm. And I just thought it was the mastitis, but when the mastitis disappeared and it was still there, I was like, huh. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really concerned. Cause I'm like, you're like, I'm healthy. I know yeah. lumpy boobs and I'm breastfeeding. So whatever. But my, my husband and especially my mom, I found out later, my grandma had breast cancer, which she'd never really mentioned. Mm. They were really concerned. So I'm like, all right, I'll do something. And, um, I asked, um, around because I already knew because I had had some friends that had cancer. Like when you go to the oncologist, you're going to get X, Y, and Z, you know, you got the chemo, the radiation, you get the mammograms, you get the surgery, all this stuff. And I already knew I didn't want to do that because I, again, had seen and heard some things of like radiation causes cancer and mammograms cause cancer. And like when they do the, the, you know, any puncturing for a biopsy or surgery, it, it causes secondary tumor. Like I had heard this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know that whole food thing that, that was really awesome. So, um, I guess to say I was in a healthy place. I was doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, we were eating super healthy, pretty much organic, you know, we had yeah. done a lot of gut work and yet there it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can imagine, um, that you had some frustration about that. Right. I mean, I think it's hard sometimes. And I think probably people listening can relate when you oh, feel yeah. like you're doing everything right. And then, this huge thing happens, right? That's, that's obviously so life-changing. Um, and so how can you speak a little bit to how you sort of worked with that emotion, uh, you know, whether it was frustration or anger? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and this, that emotion for me manifested as a, I need to understand this better. Yeah. Like, how did this happen? And even like, even now I'm still learning more about myself. Like running genetic panels and seeing Mm -hmm. my predisposition, um, to certain 
conditions and factors. And I, I am terrible with inflammation. I'm terrible with antioxidants. My glucose insulin pathways are horrible. My methylation, mm. like, it's a disaster. <laughs> You're like, I got and all the things. <laughs> like, how did I not get it earlier? I don't know. But right. um, there were, there were a lot of things that as I've learned more and more, it, it all makes sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, on the surface, I was doing good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened next? You know, once you're like, okay, I, what I've been doing isn't enough. Yeah. So, so then I'm like, I, I, well, I did a test, Mm -hmm. uh, a blood test to diagnose the cancer. And this were you working with like a naturopath or an integrative person, doctor at this point? At this point. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to give you the whole story. So I did one called, um, red dot, I think it's called. And I remember I was so shocked because I thought it was going to be nothing. And it was mm-hmm. like, it just said pre-cancer slash cancer. So it wasn't wow. super specific. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. Okay. So all the stuff I was looking at online, um, was saying raw vegan. Mm. And I kind of, what you were talking about before was like, clearly something I am doing is not working. I need to right. try something new. I need to open all the doors and open my blinders, make sure there's nothing I'm missing. So we went raw vegan, which is, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, we weren't doing it with kids and everything, but my husband and I did like a 21 day juice fast, mm-hmm. which ah, I thought I was going to eat him. It was terrible. <laughs> um, we were both just like, ah, we yeah. need food. I have um, been there. Just, I hear you. <laughs> it was messing my blood sugar up. Yes. Now looking back in hindsight, you know, I immediately went down um, to Mexico with my mother um, to a, a Gearson clinic. It wasn't mm-hmm. the official one, but it was one of their offsets. Gotcha. And, um, I just had a ton of questions. I would been reading all the books and everything about Gearson. I'm like, okay, so why can't you have salt? Why can't mm-hmm. you have, like, but one little bit of, of fat a day, you know, why mm-hmm. are you giving me thyroid meds when you haven't tested my thyroid? Wow. I wasn't being antagonistic, right. I told right. You. but right. these are things I wanted to know the answers to. I wasn't yeah. about mm-hmm. to just say, here's the one size fits all treatment, which is what they were giving. And, um, on the third day, the director, Dr. Vickers sat me down. Um, and he said, you need to just trust in the process or you need to leave. And I said, okay, <laughs> so I was kicked out of the cancer clinic because they asked too many questions that they did not have the answers to. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so that to me was like, okay, what, where am I going now? Like right. I feel totally lost. And a friend recommended, um, Dr. Veronique de Saulnier, who I worked with. And, um, I was really blessed at the time she was still taking private clients. So she worked with me in the way that I now work with clients. Mm. And we did, um, a combination of a lot of functional testing. Um, we did the grease test, um, RGCC onconomics, and we did a lot of detoxification, Mm. um, to address my body. And so that was kind of the base of, of what we did. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about that test? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the grease test, that's like its slang name, um, because your blood goes to Greece and that's where the lab is. So that's Uh, the only lab in the world is in Greece. Well, there are RGCC's headquarters is in Switzerland, but they have labs in, I think it's Greece and India and there's somewhere else. Gotcha. Um, But not in the U S at all. Nope. It's not in the U S. Um, and what they do is they take your blood and they extract out the cancer cells. So everybody has circulating cancer tumor cells that Mm -hmm. 
usually the immune system should be able to get. Mm-hmm. Um, autophagy and things like that um, can really help, but it should be addressed. Right. And so it will take them out and they culture it. And then they can test it against substances that are known in the medical literature to address cancer, to, mm-hmm. to kill it. Mm-hmm. So they have, you can test the chemos or you can test the extracts or you can test both. Mm-hmm. And this just begs the question, like, why is every oncologist not using I'm doing this? Yeah. Now let's, I think it's better just to give them three different um, chemos that I make three times the money on instead of testing and seeing which one's going to be effective for them. Right. Like, Do you literally, this is what's going on. I wonder like how many doctors even know about that test, right? Like how many oncology doctors, like probably not that many, right? Cause it's like, this not is what probable. we do. Right. Exactly. We go down this path and do this thing yep. and that's what it is. Yeah. It's the same reason they don't do the low dose chemotherapies where they attach it, you know, to the mm. sugar to get in there faster and get more specific. They, mm. they're not profitable. You don't need right. as much chemo. Right. Um, so I, I didn't want to do the chemo. So I just did the extracts test. And they test like 40 some different substances, you know, things like laetrile, mm-hmm. uh, vitamin C, um, all sorts of different things that you know, okay. you've probably heard about um, to see what actually works for you. So for me, in my Googling and looking at things online, the podcasts and different stuff that people had written about it, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. really attracted to the uh, almond, um, the almond pits, the mm. apricot pits. Okay. We have high levels of B17 um, laetrile in them. And mm-hmm. I was eating them like crazy, thinking that that would cure my cancer because it, it was a great treatment. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing uh, so if I had not tested and just guessed based on what my intuition, you know, right. kind of felt like and what I was drawn to. Yeah. It would not have been successful. And wow. Plus they taste that. Yeah. You're like, plus it was not fun yeah. to eat them all the time. Yeah. No, no, it, it wasn't. The thing that tested highest for me was wormwood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For like parasites. Anti-parasite. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it's the base of like ivermectin and stuff, mm-hmm. but that's what tested best for me. And I would never have been just gravitating towards that. Right. Um, on my right. Own, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. we did, um, can I ask really quickly how much that test is? Do you know? It changes based on the conversion rate with the euro, but it's about 1800. Okay. Yeah. Which if you think about, you know, what you're going to spend. Oh yeah. Save in the chemos and things. hundred percent um, worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. Um, and then of course, whoever you're working with is going to interpret it and have those mm-hmm. fees as well, but it's, it's a great deal, honestly, to mm-hmm. see the, the thing that was the most valuable to me. Mm-hmm. So I think, especially when you're going natural and you're trying to use the alternative things, Mm -hmm. there's this mind game that happens of, did I do enough? Yeah. yeah. And people are always sending you, Oh, look, I found this essential oil and this (laughs) balm and you know, whatever. Right. Um, And you can make it so that you are doing things for your cancer all day, every day. And you are taking so many pills that then you're causing liver problems. Yeah. It's a big deal to get, let's not guess, let's test specific and then I yep. rest in it. Like, yeah, I know what works for my body. Yep. I'm- yep. And I'm just going to let it do its thing. I'm going to follow that. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so was it just wormwood or were there other things too? That- no, there were a whole bunch of things okay. that worked for me. Vitamin C tested well for me. Um, sylvestrol, quercetin, which is now mm-hmm. famous. Um, mm-hmm. 
I was taking high doses of that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You're like um, way pre-COVID. <laughs> exactly. Um, there were a lot of things. And so she created a schedule for me of pulsing those substances on and off um, to address that. Okay. And then mm-hmm. alongside that, uh, high dose pancreatic enzymes, we use the mm-hmm. Dr. Gonzalez's formula from um, allergy research group to dose very high. So I was taking... 15 of those every hour on the hour. What? Were you taking that away from food? Yeah. As it, so for it to work. Yeah. So if people don't know, you can do that with enzymes to kind of basically clean up, right. The, the yep. protein and tissues and I guess cancer cells and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the pancreatic, the pancreas secretes these enzymes, which most people call digestive enzymes. Mm-hmm. And then they, they just help you digest your food when you're mm-hmm. eating. But when you're not eating, they'll go outside of the digestive tract and clean up. Like mm-hmm. Christine was saying, they'll, they'll get rogue cancer cells or mangled proteins or all sorts of different things. Um, so very, very high doses of that. Mm-hmm. And they've also been shown to eat away the shell of cancers. Oh, so that wow. way, then, you know, these grease test extracts can get in. Um, and you, you must have been that. buying like bottles at a time. <laughs> It comes in um, oh, a bottle problem. on full script for 720. I think my husband figured out that I was going through one of those every five days. So, <laughs> I mean, I had a little watch that vibrated and um, every hour it vibrate and I just pull out handfuls of pills and my friends just thought it was bizarro, but it, you know, they were really excited that that you knew. Yeah. And for any of my clients listening who are like, Oh, all the pills I have to take on your protocol, like nothing close to what you had to do. It's so funny you say that because when my clients start complaining about things, I tell them about that. And they're like, Oh (laughs) yeah. You're like, okay. (laughs) It's all about perspective. You know, I didn't want to lose my hair and get, you know, surgery and everything. So it, this is, much easier than that. Absolutely. Good point. And yeah, not being, having to be sick feeling all the time too. Yeah. So how long did you have to do, you know, this protocol and did you retest? I mean, how did that all happen? Yeah. Okay. So there's what happened to me because my path went sideways. Okay. Um, uh, So let me back up. She also did a lot of functional testing. So Mm -hmm. there's things that are are known in the literature. This isn't me making it up Mm -hmm. to contribute to cancer. So this gets mm-hmm. to the, why was cancer allowed to proliferate in my body? Sure. So the thyroid, gut health, mm-hmm. hormone balancing, you know, all these things, iodine levels, vitamin D levels, we tested all of it mm-hmm. and addressed that as well. So I was doing this, uh, protocol for a few months mm-hmm. and, um, I was asked to go to a ladies retreat and I was like having this struggle. I'm like, I really want to go. And I feel kind of like I should, but they're going to eat crappy food, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's going to be canola oil dressings and stuff. And yeah. um, I don't know that that's a good idea, but right. I went ahead and went and just figured let's let grace cover this. And the whole time this was not um, about marriage or cancer. And it's just a generic women's retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they had breakout sessions, I just felt it very strongly on my heart that I needed to go home and have be with my husband on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So weird. I, I argued with him. I'm like, you know, we just kind of had an argument. Like, could you maybe move it to Monday? Or... <laughs> and I'm like, you know, God, I just did this retest on my hormones. I know what day Sunday is. Mm. I'm not scared. Like, I don't really think that that is a good idea. Like, 
people are already pissed at me for doing this alternative cancer treatment. Right. Getting pregnant during it is <laughs> In the middle probably of it. not ideal. <laughs> well, long story short, I did. Mm-hmm. And I got pregnant with baby number six. Wow. Again, people are probably like, because I have friends that like, I know people that have aborted babies or been told to because they were pregnant and they found out they had cancer. So I'm like, went the other way. Right. Well, I was kind of freaking out and my husband was too. And, um, we're like, okay, we're, we're going to see where this takes us. So I called my doctor, Dr. B and she talked to the doctors up in Greece Mm -hmm. and they said that they had seen pregnancy reverse cancer. What? Yes. And then we went, I was like, okay, I need to get grounded. We need some time away. Yeah. And this is actually before I think I got the information from Dr. V. And so we went to the Weston Price conference for our anniversary, just me and my husband. <laughs> I love it. You guys are like, we're going to go to the conference Let's for our by. anniversary. <laughs> right. And so I'm waiting for him outside the session and I'm talking to this guy. He's got these magnetic bed pads. I'm like, I'll just talk to him while I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, how is, how, how would this work with pregnancy? Is this safe during pregnancy? Like, granted, I'm like four weeks pregnant. So mm-hmm. like, you can't really see anything. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, it's completely safe. You know, you know, it's very small, low amount of talk, you know, detoxing that's going on with this, the magnetic, mm-hmm. he's explaining it all. And I said, oh, with the magnetic, like that would be good for cancer. Right. And he's like, I kid you not. This is what he said. He goes, well, pregnancy cures cancer. What? <laughs> and my mouth was on the floor and I'm like, I didn't say I had cancer. I didn't say I was pregnant. Like, right. are you making these connections? I thought I was being really blase about it. You know? Right. Like, right. Yeah. I'm just pouring down tears and I'm not one to be, you know, hard pressed to find words, but I didn't even have anything. Mm. Well, my husband and I, you know, talked to him more at, during the conference. And it turns out he was a cancer specialist from Canada that was using a very high dose of this. And this was his home model, but he couldn't say the C word. And, you know, so it was very interesting, but it was just total confirmation. Like mm. God's got a plan. We got this. Mm-hmm. And then again, Dr. V's news. So again, I got sick. Really mm-hmm. sick. So, any possibility of me saying this was on my own because I ate a really good diet and being virtuous was thrown out the window because I would just have to eat any food in the right. You're like, I will take what I can get. Yeah. I didn't need the medication for it, but I was really struggling. And so I, um, eventually over the, the rest of the pregnancy got very, very anemic, which I've learned now that iron contributes to cancer. So an anemia might actually have been Mm. some part of that. Interesting. And about a month before I delivered the month or the lump was gone. Mm, wow. Um, I was able to take several of the substances from my grease test the entire time okay. that, that were safe that the right, doctor right. in Greece had said were okay to take during pregnancy. Okay. Um, but so mine went sideways. <laughs> um, what so I can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Did you notice the lump like decreasing or was it kind of just like one day you're like, Oh, it's gone. Like, how did that go? Yeah, that's funny. So I like told myself, um, around the time, maybe like a month or so after I found out about the pregnancy, I was, I had another friend that was, um, that had uh, breast cancer and she kept telling me how her lump was going down by, you know, this amount. And I'm like, how can you tell that? Like, Mm -hmm. And I was feeling like mine's not moving mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just not going to look anymore because this is only making me frustrated. Right. I'm not going to keep touching it and seeing, you know, and, um, so 
all of a sudden it was, I realized, wait, it's gone. So yeah. for me, it was kind of like this boom thing. Wow. Purposely stopped looking at it. Um, right. So yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah. it, it, cause it feels like very miraculous in that way. Right. When you're just like, it's gone now. It, it was very miraculous mm-hmm. in that way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I kept noticing it, I don't know what, how I would have seen that differently, but it, right. was, it was cool for me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So with, with, with clients that I work with now with cancer, I, I do like six months of the protocol and then we retest and we just do the circulating tumor cells to see is, you know, how this is working for them. Do we need to change it up? Gotcha. Uh, a lot of times that might be all they need. Mm, um, okay. Sometimes we'll go further. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, well, I can imagine with not everyone, there's not always lumps or protrusions, right? That you're, it, yeah. it's not quite as obvious kind right. of a thing. Yeah. And I, I did do the retesting um, several times after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's when I could tell the lump was gone. Kind mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So, so then, I'll, yeah, go ahead. I'll finish the story. Yeah. This is where it gets really interesting. So I, um, I nursed the baby for a year and then I was like, okay, um, you had your nursing time and I'm going to wean, and I'm going to go back to what I was supposed to have done when I got pregnant, meaning Mm. all the boxing and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, all the supplements and just re-nourishing my body and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I contacted my doctor and I'm like, okay, I'm really hungry. Tell me, you know, what I should read, what I should do. And she's like, read Dr. Mercola's book, fat for fuel. Mm. And I was like, no, ketogenic, that's dangerous. That's crazy stuff. And this was before it was really popular mm-hmm. and well-known, but my sister had actually mentioned him and the ketogenic at the beginning. And I had the same reaction, which I wish I had listened. Um, but my doctor was like, no, read it, Katrina. Just just read it with no mm-hmm. mind. So I read it. And by the time I was done, I was doing the keto diet. I was like, this completely makes sense. Um And I was on it for about four or five months, maybe not even. And I noticed I was feeling better. So here's the weird thing. I have had a diagnosed uh, bipolar. I was on heavy meds. I was actually inpatient at one point in my uh, late teens, early twenties. And I decided my mid twenties before I met my husband, that I wanted to go off my medication and I basically white knuckled it ever since. Wow. Wow. That's a long time because I'm not a spring chicken. And this was, I think I was 38 when we found the cancer. So that's a long time. Yeah. Keto, it went away. And I didn't really want to like call it like I'm healed because I mean, honestly, the the bipolar is worse than the cancer in terms of living with it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And my daughter, we were doing like a, a uh, Thanksgiving worship kind of time. My husband was talking about being grateful in all things and joyful in all things. And he was giving an example of um, some friends of ours that had lost their house in a fire and the community built it back up and it was such a blessing. And, and my daughter busts out, this is the oldest, um, we're like mom's cancer. And we're both like, what? And, and she goes, well, what do you mean, honey? And she goes, well, if mom hadn't had cancer, she wouldn't have tried keto and now she's happy. Oh, it makes me tear every time because I hadn't connected those things. Right. That like that was that took you that I ever could have. Right. Um, So fast forward. um, 
I, I went through, you know, the NTA training and all the RWS. Mm-hmm. I was so excited by this stuff. I'm like, how did this work? I want to understand it all. Yeah. And it's, it's become like the most precious gift to be able to help other people and give back and share yeah. and everything where, you know, and now I can do it, you know, released from the bipolar where I know what I need to do yeah. and it works. Are you still on keto at this point too? <laughs> um, so I was gung ho for like yeah. a year and a half, two years. And then I got pregnant again mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with baby number seven, which is the last one we've had. The final. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, I can, I can do this keto. And oh, I could not. Mm-hmm. Not with the hyperemesis gravidarum. And so it was really, oh, I can imagine that was the mechanism. Yeah. And um, since that I've, since she's now two, you know, so We've, I've dug into a lot of Dr. Greenblatt's work uh, with lithium and found uh, where I can not have to have keto, mm-hmm. but I, I do still primarily live keto now. Gotcha. Just because I think with, with my history, with the, the genetic pathways that I have, like it just makes sense yeah. to help yeah. keep cancer at bay. So. Absolutely. Wow. That's just so incredible. That whole story. Can you it's talk a, a little journey. bit, um, can you talk a little bit about you know, you mentioned sort of some of the detox things, um, that you, you know, brought back in after one of your pregnancies and what you think about, you know, I know we talked in the beginning about the enemas, um, but how important some of these, you know, what I like to call physical detox supports, right? Yes. Yes. I think the physical detox supports are way underestimated. I am the biggest coffee enema fan. I actually learned about the coffee enemas, um, with the Gearson diet, mm-hmm. like, I think like seven, six or eight times a day, yeah. um, yeah. which I did them the year after I had the baby about mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. times a day. I do two in the morning and two in the wow. evening, which was a little much. That's I don't a think- lot. <laughs> Yeah. Takes up a lot of your day. (laughs) I don't think that was needed to do quite that much, Yeah, but I was very stuck in sympathetic and that really helps you open that up. The the palmitic acid in the caffeine Mm -hmm. of the coffee will go up the hepatic portal vein. So it goes, it's like a back door right Mm -hmm. to the liver Mm -hmm. and it encourages the liver to massively produce more glutathione, Mm -hmm. which is the mama antioxidant that you make. Um, and then it also stimulates the bile to be released, which is what, um, the liver docks those toxins to, to get them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like so many different aspects of how it's helpful and it's, it's cheap and easy. Like it's, yeah. most of my clients I have doing them because this world we live in is just such Absolutely. a toxic soup and you're Absolutely. getting slammed from every direction that yeah. it's an uphill battle to always be detoxifying. And that's, for me, that's one of the things I suck at. I'm yep. not good at detoxifying. Yeah. So I just need a little extra help. And quite honestly, I still do them on a regular basis, probably probably four or five days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. After or even now ongoing. And I'm my kids would probably kill me to hear me say this, so they can't <laughs> listen to this, but they do them on their own. Wow. Um, I, we have found that if you do coffee enemas, like when you feel the beginnings of being sick. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Or, or if you just like, you ate a bunch of junk yep. that you never or foods have. that aren't good you for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the, it can just take that toxic edge off when you're, you're getting sick and then your body can do what it's supposed to do better and easier. Yeah. Yep. So yep. we, we 
we do them all the time as a family and people think that's crazy, but I'm like, if my kids are doing them voluntarily, like they're really right. Right. And it's, (laughs) it's always so interesting with clients, right? Because especially with eradication protocols, I'm always like, this is going to help you not Mm -hmm. have detox reactions so bad. You know, I promise like it's absolutely going to, you know, help with that. And uh, most people are squeamish, you know, initially. And I'm like, just try it once, you know, just try it. And, um, you know, it's interesting for me because I had been doing them for years, not like consecutively, but like, you know, when I was going through different detoxes, things like that. And when I had, I was at a point where it seemed like everything I was eating, I was reacting to. So I was doing a lot then, but, um, I had a surgery to remove a fibroid almost three and a half years ago now. And they unknowingly burned me in three places in my intestines during that surgery. And I oh landed, goodness. yeah, oh, that's I, horrible. yes. And so I landed in the ER two weeks later with sepsis, almost died, had to have half of my colon removed and actually had an ostomy bag temporarily for six and a half months. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But first surgery ever, right. It was supposed to be a very simple surgery, but it's a doozy. So, um, it was interesting, right. Because I, I was able luckily to get what is called reverse, which basically, you know, they, uh, took away the bag and stapled the rest of my colon back to the, you know, end of my small intestine. Um, so I was very nervous to do coffee enemas for a while, you know, and, and I would recommend to anybody that has had any of that done to wait at least a year to a year and a half, because you want to make sure that tissue is really, you know, strong. Um, but you know, it is interesting for me now because I, I, I do them again, but it does, it's not always as easy on my digestive system as it was pre that, you know, but I'm like, they just are so helpful. And again, I feel like if you're doing any kind of eradication, you're just like, you need to do it. You know, it's going to make the process so much better and, and make everything sort of move more quickly in a positive direction. Absolutely. I would totally agree. That's just a crazy story. Um, yeah, I've got a client that has, um, cancer Mm -hmm. and she has, I mean, they, they did surgery on her before she came to me and they removed pretty much everything. And and she has the bags and we've still been able to do the coffee enemas. Did she do Um, them into, into the ostomy? Yeah. I, I've, and actually, I mean, it's amazing what you can still do. And it's crazy, right? Like it's, I I mean, I never would have chosen to go through that experience, but like in some ways, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, obviously that I was able to be reversed, but to have this temporary time where your intestines are on the outside of your body, it's kind of cool, but it's kind you're just like, how amazing is my body that like, it can be on the outside and it's still just doing its thing. I know it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely think that the coffee enemas, especially if somebody has got cancer, but you know, whether it's cancer or like, they just, they're, they're beginnings of Alzheimer's or infertility mm. or, mm. I mean, you name it, anybody can take that toxic edge off. Yes. Um, they're easy and, and doable. It's just, yeah. if you, you just got to get over the weird factor. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, with your own genetics, like I find that so many of us have some impairment in our detoxification mm-hmm. systems genetically. Right. And then you, combine that with all the chemicals that we deal with on a daily basis in our environment, in our, you know, 
in our couches and our beds and our the air and the water yeah, exactly. and the radiation and the yeah. 5g it's everywhere it's I mean, everywhere yeah get away from it yeah absolutely yeah so are there other things that you used also like did you yeah, yeah. go ahead and talk, talk yeah. about those so we got an infrared sauna mm, love it love it love it i know i i hated it oh I really hated it because i don't sweat now, this is oh. really convenient with all my years as a dancer and doing Pilates and exercising yeah. because I never sweat. Yeah. So, that you're like, it's great. Yeah. You're like, I look fa- fabulous on stage. <laughs> it's not so good for my detoxification system. Yeah. So again, you, you look at, you know, that's one of the mechanisms your body should be excreting toxins is yes. through your skin. There was nothing coming out. Wow. Like seriously, I'd run a marathon and I would have like two drops of sweat. It was not. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Doing those regularly, I still do those um, probably four or five nights a week, and then shower and then go to bed. Yeah, um, I'm glad but, you brought up the showering because sometimes people don't realize that you need to shower after oh. doing the infrared sauna. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. you're kind of gross and you probably don't want to like you know get into bed or do something without showering, but you want to get those toxins off your skin and not reabsorbed. Yes. In yeah. Yes. And, um, it's interesting because with the, the sauna, I had a client who, who's a cyclist and he's like, mm-hmm. I sweat all the time when I'm cycling. Isn't that enough? Um, and there was some interesting research showing that the toxins, when you exercise in your sweat are much, much less than when you are oh. in a parasympathetic calm state, like in a sauna. Oh, so, makes sense. I know. I thought that was really interesting, but yeah. I am happy to say I sweat now a decent amount. I won't be huge, but it's. So how, what, what do you think changed that? Just like upping your detox pathways, like made yeah, it so that you sweat more? Them all. Yeah. Um, I think, I think just doing the saunas and pushing for that, pushing you know, it, yeah. and getting higher heat and longer right. stuff right. where I can do it. Cause I usually do like 140 degrees for like 45 minutes, Yeah, which is a lot higher than most people. Yeah, like, but that's definitely. The only way I get sweaty. Yeah. You're like, I gotta do it. I'm not, I'm totally, uh, totally the opposite where I've always sweat easily. And I, especially as a kid, but it's like, as a kid, you're like, Oh my God, you know, especially as a teenager, you're like, I'm just sweating all the time. Um, but, and I was also a dancer too. And, you know, so of course you got the sweat pit stains all the time. Yeah, I never had that. You're like, you didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. What, what kind of dance did you do? Um, ballet growing up in modern in college. Nice. Nice. How about you? Well, so I actually, before I got into this work and, um, well, kind of in between, I guess, um, before my surgeries, I was a dance instructor and performer full time. So I did, um, a bunch of different stuff, hip hop, Bhangra, which is an Indian dance form, some modern, um, some jazzy showgirl. So yeah, I did all the different things because it was, you know, keep it fun. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. That's how I got into the Pilates. Pilates. I was uh, going to go to PT school and then decided Pilates, I can do a lot more and I don't have any of the restrictions with the insurance, but I got introduced to it through the the dance. Yes. That makes sense. He always shows up. Um, Any other detox stuff that you recommend too, for people? Those were my two primary mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. my favorites. Um, I do recommend and did some rebounding. I've got my trampoline right back oh, there yeah. that I'll do while I watch webinars still. Nice. And, um, uh, some dry brushing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I start from the heart though, okay. and then move out. Okay. So it's a little different, mm-hmm. um, more Kelly Kennedy style. Um, I'm trying to think. Those are the big things. We did do some, um, I have done 
we had some mold in the house, mm. which I, I think looking back was probably a really big trigger because we moved um, right after the birth of the fifth child. And it was about eight, nine months after mm-hmm. almost maybe his first birthday that I found the lump. Wow. Um, and we moved into a house with black mold. Right. And um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't detox. So again, yeah. all these things make sense. Why yeah. it, it was like the perfect storm. You get somebody with no detoxification ability and then you put them in a moldy house and you know, there you yeah. go. Um, so I've done a lot of detox with that. And um, the, the hormones were a big thing. I was very estrogen dominant. So we did a lot of hormone detoxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that was successful because within three months of doing it, I got pregnant. You got pregnant, <laughs> yeah. Boom, get yeah. yeah. Um, the, the gut work we've, I've done, I was very, very crazy low in iodine. My thyroid was all wonky, which um, is a huge issue. With uh, Can you cancer. share which iodine test you like? Cause I know there's so much debate around iodine testing. Yeah, it is kind of full of, well, first thing I would say is you need to make sure that you don't have thyroid antibodies. Mm-hmm. I always do that test first. Um, make sure there's no Hashimoto's. If there is, you definitely don't want to load them or even test them because you right. have to load them to test them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I use Hakala. Okay. Um, Hakala is cheap and simple. Basically you take a uh, 50 milligram 50 mil- dosage okay. of iodine, mm-hmm. and then you save your pee for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I always tell people don't do it on a day you're going somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and then you send a sample in and they show how much you excrete out showing how much you need kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, connection there. But yeah. Um, I honestly don't do that a whole lot with people because you can a lot of times tell if they need it. And if you're giving reasonable doses, it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. don't yeah. recycle their iodine like they should though. And, and that's where you want to try to step in. If they have thyroid issues, yep. none of the areas of your body, whether it's your mitochondria in your bladder or your brain, it doesn't matter. It's not going to get the energy produced when it doesn't have right. the thyroid. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be like huge for anything that you want to work better. Right. To get that mitochondria working, getting that thyroid providing energy and hundred percent. Yeah. People overlook the thyroid in so many different situations when it needs to be optimized. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Or like, you know, you're dealing with a lot of infertility clients. A lot of them are looking at the thyroid, but they Mm -hmm. don't look at the antibodies. Mm -hmm. And if the antibodies aren't addressed, like you've got a big ball of fire, that's not going to get pregnant. Oh, I, I mean, it wasn't a client that was trying to get pregnant, but I just went through a whole thing with a client who had crazy high antibodies and her doctor was her doctor had just done a training with an endocrinologist and the endocrinologist actually said don't pay attention to the thyroid antibodies it doesn't mean anything (laughs) well you know i mean as horrifying as it is to us like they're trained that there's nothing to do they can't do anything right they're just going to put you on medication once your thyroid is busted essentially yeah 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 we got tools yeah we got tools anyways i was just like but so, um, what other kinds of tests do you run with your, uh, cancer clients? Um, I run like a a Dutch unless Mm -hmm. they're cycling and then I'll do something, an EFHP or something, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. look at their hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do gut work and look Mm -hmm. at the gut. Um, I always want to look at the mic, the mold, Mm -hmm. look at the metal, see what bad metals are possibly lurking. Mm -hmm. Um, and then usually a a non-metal, toxin panel, mm-hmm. 
feel like I'm oh the glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there's a whole lot of things. And depending on what else shows up, like I've had some clients they've run the oral microbiome. Mm. Um, you know, we've run other different things based on what shows up. Like I had a client that has cancer and like everything was coming back clean. And I'm like, oh this is weird. Yeah. And then we got her metals back and she had crazy high levels of arsenic. And I'm like, mm. she probably has a well. And she does, but she was also filtering it. She had a bird. Wow. And I'm like, okay, we need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Like, so we're testing her water right now, which yeah. is my first thing to do with everybody. But, you know, it was indicated here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I actually was just that. reading something about Berkey um, not being as good as, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah. well, you have shared such an incredible amount of information with us today. I know that so many people learned so much and um, I'm excited that they got a chance to hear you speak about your story and, and all the good work that you're doing. So like, just, it's, it's incredible. And I'm so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to hear stories like this, right. Because it shows how amazing the body is when we sort of know what's going on. Right. And what tools that it needs in that moment. Yeah. 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 I, I'm so happy to share because going through what I've gone through and doing the research and stuff that I've done, like this needs to be out there that there are viable, awesome alternatives to Western medicine oncology Mm -hmm. uh, that are just not being shared because, you know, they're, they're not the standard of care, which to me, the standard of care sucks. We need something better and different. The one thing I would also say is that if you have cancer or if somebody you love has cancer, like do not stop with the oncology. If you want to go that route, fine, but look at why mm-hmm. find somebody, find a functional practitioner that will help you dig into why was the cancer allowed to proliferate? Right. Because it drives me crazy that the oncologists are satisfied with just a reduction in tumor size. Right. And then it comes back I, so often a few years later. Yeah. It rebounds totally. Yeah. And, you know, even if you get the whole thing and your margins are clear and stuff, it's still circulating and they yeah. know that. Yeah. And yeah. you still have not addressed the thyroid and the gut and the hormones. And I mean, so many things. Yeah. Um, it's just, people aren't testing it and people are whiny about testing. I had one of my first clients, my first cancer client, she mm-hmm. came to me and she had had surgery already and she wanted to do the grease test and all this stuff um, to get those circulating tumor cells. But mm-hmm. I, when I started looking at the functional stuff, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Her estrogens and progesterones were through the roof. Oh, they had wow. put her on bioidenticals, a naturopath had, right. and never tested them. And it had been years. Uh, and I'm like, how much was this a factor in the Right, right, 100%, like, yeah. I would never, you know, try to have her go after the person or something, but it was, it was total it negligence. Was, and yeah. this is what happens, common practice all the time. And you got to figure it out. Otherwise, it's just going to come back. Yep. And that's what happens with traditional yep. oncology. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Wow. Finally, yeah, okay. Awesome, awesome tools. Yes. So remind people where they can get in touch with you. Yes. I have uh, several websites. So reversinginfertility.com, mm-hmm. um, the designed with an ED for health.net. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our Pilates studio is personalizedpilates.com. Um, so any of those you can get a hold of me with. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Christine. You have a wonderful day. Absolutely. All right, you guys, I will see you next time.